Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Now we've figured out why it does that. Welcome. As I choke. Okay, here we go. Are you guys ready? We are talking about really creating a rule of life. It's almost like your instruction manual. I love the Annie Dillard quote, how you spend your days is, of course, how you spend your life. Um, And really leaning into and understanding what that looks like, what that means, how it impacts our understanding. Um, And so we're going to talk today about really the practice um, of a rule of life, of creating a rule of life. I love teaching this as a spiritual formation tool. Um, I'm going to talk about two books that I highly recommend for your just for deeper exploration into this. And that is Pete Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It is the final, um, I've taught Emotionally Healthy Spirituality for eight weeks. It's the eighth week. And it is this, this work of developing the rule of life. And we're also going to get into Bishop Michael Curry's um, The Way of Love. And in it, he talks about really the daily planner um, that comes from a rule of life. So I'm so excited to dig into this. Also, it's fascinating to me that we see rules for our lives in so many other spiritual disciplines and even psychological traditions, right? Or like psychological orientations. And that is in Buddhism, it's the eightfold, the noble eightfold path in um, Islam really presents a complete and comprehensive way of life. So it's fascinating how all of these really work together, come together to inform how we spend our days. And I want to define or explain the rule of life as a commitment to live the life you've been called to live. It is created with mindful intention and thought in partnership with the divine to support your thoughts, your emotions, and actions. And once written, it really serves as a tool that can help you make decisions for your life and determined, really, it helps you determine how best to spend your days, right? Or to order your days or plan your days. So I think about it Because oftentimes, if you're anything like me, and I should say this from the outset, that you hear the word rule, and maybe rule of life, and you're like, hard pass. I've got enough going on. Especially as someone who um, speaks openly and often about the pervasive list of shoulds in our life. And so I want you to understand that the word rule comes from the Greek word, right, for like trellis. And we understand, right, we've seen the trellises tool that enables the vines or the great vines to get off the ground, to grow upward. 
becoming more fruitful and more productive. So in the same way, a rule of life helps us to climb up, to become more fruitful, to rise. And then we know that uh, this, this rule of life work is a quote, an exterior framework for an interior journey, a kind of scaffolding to use to build the spiritual structure of our individual life. And I want you to remember in this practice that these rules are not a list of shoulds. They're a tool that you can use to orient your days to help you like get more out of life, to help you have the purpose of really infusing joy into your life, infusing structure, infusing meaning and purpose, rather than squeezing it all out, like squeezing out the joy and, and, the, and the just levity or the fun. I think half of our life is spent learning and, and, and remembering to, to have fun. And so I want you to understand that the instructions and ideas contained in your rule of life are not meant to constrain you, but to provide what the trellis, the scaffolding, and the foundation to set you free. And so this practice is an opportunity for all of us, if you so choose, to engage in the practices that I recommend to get clear about your expectations, your desires, your beliefs about living a good and fruitful life. So we know that without a clear direction, without a clear understanding of the work and uh, calling us to liberation of ourselves, we are constantly pulled in multiple directions or all directions, right? And the work is to get clear about what matters to you to create a plan for action and that foundation. Again, it's not a to-do list. It's not a list of shoulds or what you are meant to do or what you must do to live a worth, worthy or worthwhile and productive life. Remember, it's not what you do that matters. It's who you are. And this exercise is an open invitation and opportunity to get clear about what drives you and how you plan to make it happen, along with the divine, along with that divine presence. So Pete Scazzera recommends the following areas um, of a rule of life in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. But I've modified some recommendations, well, I think all of them I've modified slightly to recognize inclusions of all walks of life. So the first is silence and solitude. And so he recommends you might want to spend five minutes of your day in silent meditation or take a three-hour retreat every week or once a month, just creating time for you. The second area or category um, is prayer. 
actually area. So you might want to begin a daily office practice or add prayer to your week. You might want to begin praying the Psalms or begin meditating on scripture every day. The third is stillness. So you might want to set apart a 24-hour period of rest, of Sabbath. And this, sweet friends, we've got to remind ourselves the principles of behavior change. It is not in creating these wide sweeping all or nothing changes that are that leave us unable to implement in our lives and then we decide what we create thoughts of failure which lead to emotions of hopelessness and create actions we're just not going to do it right we want to create baby steps small changes that add up to lasting behavior change over time So I recommend starting a two-hour Sabbath on whatever day you choose. Maybe you could do four hours because you've been practicing this. You know what's best for you. Um, We also are, um, the fourth is, oh, and study. You might want to memorize quotes or verses. You might want to do a daily thought download. There are so many options for you. The fifth area, simplicity, I love this. You might want to, you guys have heard me talk about decluttering your brain and your life. You might want to remove distractions by decluttering your environment, sure, or decluttering your brain, getting rid of those thoughts and emotions that are holding you back. The sixth is um, really fun and recreation. Again, I've changed this slightly. You might commit to activities that breathe life into you like hiking or yoga or art or cooking um, or dancing, right? Like finding those. I, when I start working with clients, I often um, will say, you have to find five minutes every day to do something for you, to do something fun, to partake in a hobby. And that five minutes grows rapidly. Oftentimes I will have clients come to me and they don't see any time in their day that they could create um, for an extra five minutes. There always is. Newsflash. You've got this, sweet friends. Um, Number seven is purpose and mission. You might feel called to step out and begin using your time, talents, and treasure to serve others. You might want to donate or tithe. You might want to serve on a nonprofit board. You might want to create um, a side business. You might, might want to career change. You might want to lean in to that purpose that you and that calling that you've heard deep inside. You know that in next month in the Courageous Life Society, we are doing um, really looking at courageous purpose and clarifying and creating that, that guiding force in our lives, coming back to ourselves, back to to that divine calling that is whispering to all of us that sometimes life gets so busy and so overwhelming that we can't hear. And there's so much other things I wanna say about that, but that might be um, an area you want to include in your rule of life, right? Um, The eighth area, and these are not, again, these are not his, list of numbers, or I'm just using them, you will also find this in a, um, uh, let me think the word, 
in a blog post. Okay, so care for the physical body. You might want to focus on getting quality sleep, be eight hours or exercising or adjusting what you eat to fuel you. This could be anything. Number nine, you might want to focus on emotional, mental wellness. You might want to join a small group that deals with issues of wellness, find a mentor, begin journaling around areas, um, any areas, doing brain downloads, losses. You might want to look at those. You might want to work with a coach or therapist. Number 10 is family. You might want to work on growing your marriage or parenting or finding someone special. You might want to get trained so that you can begin relating differently to others. You can get clear about your instruction manuals. It's really the work is tailored to you. What you put in your rule of life also will change based on what situation, what circumstance you find yourself in. Um, and finally, Pete, Peter's last um, area is community. You might want to focus on friendships, finding communities of support. This could be um, finding a spiritual director, accountability group, finding a mentor or coach. Whatever might be appropriate for you, put in this area. And we also know that people add other elements, self-awareness, hospitality. I'm going to share with you my own um, list so that you can see how I've even tailored it um, because I live my life from my, of course, psychological background, the way that I see that. So you're going to um, get to see my rule of life and what it looks like. And um, Peter also recommends using four broad categories, categories, prayer, rest, work and relationships. These might work for you. Um, and I want to, before I get to my rule of life for you to see, I also want to talk about Bishop Michael Curry's book, Love is the Way. I just need everybody to read it. It's so good, right? I had both my husband and I like tearing up as we were listening to it on a car trip um, as an audible book. I then bought the, the, the Kindle version is $1.99. So you need all of the above to hear his voice is, is beautiful. But he says that if we go through life, letting external forces, right? And I want you to think about that. Other people, our newsfeed, uh, our people, we don't just acquaintances, our calendar, determine how our days are spent and our contributions measured, we know that we're going to get more of the same. I think that's roughly what he says, right? So he describes the rule of life, which is the last appendix, appendices, <laughs> which he has named the practice, the way of love, right? Stating that this is a way to create tangible habits that support our heart's intentions, you guys. So he recommends uh, four, five areas. And I wanted to offer these to you as other areas to think about. Again, you'll find these in the blog post um, or in his book that you need to download. And that is body. How can you put yourself in the best physical and mental state to live out your vows um, that you create 
two, um, or commitments, whatever that may be for you too. Spirit, what tools could you help use to connect you to the divine and the greater universe? That might be prayer, meditation, rituals that offer freedom from self, whatever that might be for you. Three, relationships. What practices would allow you to strengthen the most important relationships in your life? Um, four, giving back. How could you commit your time, money, attention to others? And then community. How can you find and join like-minded people who support you even, even in practicing this rule of life? So as he says, we need a power greater than ours and an angle of vision that is greater. We need spiritual energy, the source of love that is bottomless and endless, sweet friends. And so I want to share with you, and I'm going to share my screen, um, my rule of life. So I, each time I update it, um, I put the date at the top. I, I can, I'm going to share this in the blog post, but if any of you want me to email this to you um, or share the template so you can just put everything that you, from your life in here, please email me at hello at jessicastong.com. And um, I will get this sent over to you. Um, so I, this is how I go about doing this. I, step one is to identify the three core values or guiding emotions. Now you notice I have four, identify as many as you want, right? We are developing your own personal rule of life. This is what I want, the work I want you to do. I want you to clarify your thoughts your emotions, to bring intention to your actions and help you focus on that love, on the love of others, of the divine, of, of the divine within you. So that first step is really clarifying to you. If I have a list, we're going to be doing this in the Courageous Life Society um, and, and going through what that looks like and how to do this at, in courageous purpose. Um, but if you have questions about that, this please email me. So my guiding emotions are courage, belief, love, and compassion. Courage, I'm gonna feel the fear and do the thing anyway. Belief, belief in the power of the Holy Spirit, belief in, in myself, belief in, in the role of, of the divine in my life and in, in the, the universal energy of abundance and love and love of others, love of self, really digging into this, this, this core driving value in my life has always been compassion. And how do I live in compassion and grace and abundance? So understanding that understanding why it matters. And so under each of those, I have organized it around the way in which I coach. The cycle of courage, that psychological framework that helps me make sense of the world, right? And helps me make sense and others make sense of implementing change and, and recognizing how we are strong and capable and that we can do, we can live our purpose. 
Um, so I have the first area, the category is connection. And for me, that looks like care of the physical body and stillness of self. That's connection to self. You're going to see other areas. Um, I have connection to others, family, community. I have connection um, to my spiritual life, to God. And for me, that looks like prayer and meditation, uh, five minutes, three times a day, right? And then five longer sessions per week. I've been implementing that. It's been one of those beautiful um, opportunities, not just having a morning practice, but I'm able to see God throughout my days because I've got a calendar uh, alarm in my phone reminding me to take those five minutes three times a day. So often we create this and then we don't know how to action it. That's where coaching, I love a good coach sesh, right? Comes in to say, okay, this is what you can do if you so choose. And this is how I would recommend. Um, and, and really rest and Sabbath on Sundays for me. That's the day I chose. Might be a different day for you. I'm going to start. I've been doing half of a, a day and that is working and it feels um, safe for me, but I'm going to extend that. And I've begun doing that practice. Um, and I'm not legalistic. There's no legalism. There's no um, like rigidity in these practices. And we're gonna rem remember that. Then I, um, I have a category of cognition and I really want mental and a well, um, emotional wellness tools. I want to implement brain downloads, which I will do daily. I do those. Um, and I will get coaching monthly or biweekly just to help me with those, those, those tools that I know I can implement, that I teach people to implement, but I need to do in my own life to really clean out, declutter all of that. Um, and then it gets us to that simplicity. So I'm going to declutter my mind by getting rid of thoughts and emotions that aren't serving me. And that is like naming them and taming them, focusing on what is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about those things. So I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking. And then I started this practice. Some of my family members love it. Others are afraid of it. Um, it is a 21 item purge. I do that weekly. So what would that be like? What would decluttering, if you wanted to do your environment, what would that look like for you? And then we get to the third category, which is commitment. And you're going to get down to those commitments, but I'm committed overarching to live my purpose to live my calling. I do this by living as an example of what is possible, living in love, continuing to say yes and embracing my calling with fear and awe. So I think so many of us think that our callings are there and once we live in it, we'll, our, our fear will go away sweet friends. Um, I want to lean into courageous belief. I want to recognize and bust through those upper limit problems. I want to serve as the lives of courage leader. I want to teach others 
I want to create an impactful teaching process and I want to teach coaches, train coaches, and I want to partner to create more love and compassion in this world. My commitment, this could go under cognition, this could go under connection to self, is to have more fun in my life, more joy in my life. So we commit to doing something fun daily, singing, coloring, all the things, right? Laughing. If I'm not doing that, I, I need to look where I'm disconnected. It's an opportunity for me to look, for me to see, right? And then the fourth um, category is change. And this is really the idea that we can change our brains. It goes back to cognition, but it's the idea that we have to be aware. We have to understand how to change. We have to be willing to change. And so, and we have to know what a primitive brain does in response to change. So I'm going to study, I'm gonna have a self-development practice and I would name more of what that is. I did not do that as to, um, I, it's what I teach clients to do. So I didn't name, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna do courses, I already do that. Um, I commit to reading and I would put this 100 books a year. They're fun books, they're uh, self-development books. So, so I then, Step three is to write out your commitments, right? So you will see this in the pink area. And notice that I do it by quarter. So this summer, I am 100% committed to, um, and that is, I guess not by, I do it by season. I used to do it by quarter, but then it's like, wow, this is very regimented, right? Um, I am, and this is always, I'm 100% committed to living my rule of life, right? And I, over the years, have implemented changes because we know small changes add up over time. So I then take those, once those become habits, I take them off this rule of life because I know I'm already doing them. And so I can add what I'm working on for the season onto this rule of life. Saw typo, but we're just rolling with it. I'm going to observe the Sabbath full day and spend five minutes in meditation and prayer three times a day. Um, I'm doing that. I'm still working on that. Um, I'm going to serve as leader and teacher while working on higher certification for coaching um, so that I can then have a school right? So that is a commitment of mine. I'm going to commit to eating to fuel my body. And that's it. I've been working on that. I've done that. But I'm continuing to do this work. It, your rule of life needs to fit on a page. You are going to choose three to five items to commit to. Um, that, that, I'm committed to my rule of life um, is always going to be on there to remind you. And then step four of this process is really adding those commitments to the calendar. I love that. You, most of us need coaching around that because we need to create thoughts. You know, that is, we need to create thoughts that support the commitments 
We have the emotions. So I'm going to say that step four is really that creating thoughts to support the commitments. Like I'm figuring this out. I'm working on this. I'm doing it and it might not be perfect at first so that you can buffer those primitive brain thoughts with the skill of metacognition, thinking about your thinking, thinking on purpose so that when the going gets tough and you want to quit, you're like, nah, boo, I got this. And then step five would be adding your commitments to the calendar because you're already like, I got this. We know that developing an intentional rule of life takes trial and error. It's an ever-changing, ever-evolving document. It's going to be changing based on your period of life, what you're going through. We're still learning. We will always be learning who we are and what we can do and, and really what we were created to be. Each experience, each insight brings us closer or brings us up that trellis. So we're going to be willing to make mistakes, to try again, to learn new things. And I just want to leave you with this reminder. And we've discussed this before, but please, please. And this is hard work for so many of us. I want you to be careful to avoid any traces of legalism in this work. This should never feel heavy or overwhelming to-do list that you don't know how, like that you feel less than because you can't ever manage all of these. This is an opportunity for you to turn to that which sustains you and gives you life, sweet friends. So I would also love for anyone to share their rule of life with me when they're finished, because why not? That would be fun. Um, in in uh, the, the I'll do session notes for this. You're going to get resources. I have um, resources on the Desert Fathers um, that I love. They were the first ones who created this rule of life. It's so fascinating. Um, right? They withdrew as hermits. I don't need to get into it because you're going to see it in the notes. Um, I have resources. Those two books. Uh, everybody should read the Desert Father sayings of the early Christian monks. It's a Penguin's classic. Like, there are so many others um, that I recommend, other books um, and tools that I recommend. So you'll see all of that. Um, but I just offer this to you as a tool um, for you to learn, for you to grow, for you to understand and, and really make sense of your life and your opportunity to structure and, and really give your sense, give yourself that foundation in connection, in connection with your calling from the divine. Sweet friends, thank you so much for growing, for um, being willing to do this work, being willing to be present to the lessons to willing to be present to your lives. Just so grateful. And to those of you who went through the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course, I just want to say this again. I am so grateful to each and every one of you. This experience has been overwhelming in the best 
way possible. It's been filled with joy and love. And I am so grateful for the experience and just for all of you and all of you listening. Thank you so much. Have a great and courageous week, sweet friends. I'll see you soon. And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicaston.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.